This is Jeff Coburn. We welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. Tonight, we're on the sidelines as we talk about the Disneyland political scrimmage. The dictionary defines the word scrimmage as a confused struggle or fight. And that defines where Disneyland is in this political football game. We're going to get clarity as we go through this park's journey play by play. I noted back in the beginning of the pandemic, way back, that opening the parks was going to be a political football for California and Florida. The Florida parks and all the other Disney resorts worldwide have successfully reopened. Even Hong Kong Disneyland closed back up again and then reopened a second time. But Disneyland remains closed, and there's no certainty as to when the happiest place on earth will reopen. What is certain is that there is no end of news, and that's especially true of this week. We're going to break down the timeline of events since the beginning of the pandemic, show how the ball has been passed back and forth, and see how other events are impacting this game. Oh, and where it's going next. Here's a hint. There's a big rally at Disneyland this Saturday. But let's start from the beginning. On Thursday, March 12th, Governor Newsom held a press event to address the state's prevention and containment efforts. By now, Disney theme parks in Asia have completely announced their closures. The governor on this date outlined new guidance to cancel or postpone gatherings of 250 people or more in California, but noted that he had spoken with Disney Executive Chairman Bob Iger on Wednesday and that casinos, card rooms, theaters, and large parks like Disneyland would be exempt from the recommendations due to, quote, the complexity of their unique circumstances, end of quote. It was also during this same time that Bob Iger joined an economic recovery committee that the state of California was hosting, and he became part of it. However, two hours after the press event ended, Disneyland announced that it would temporarily close Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure starting Saturday, March 14th, through the end of the month a move that Newsom hailed as a good decision. Quote, late last night, California put out a new policy on mass gatherings and engaged in deep conversations with Disney and other companies about how to meet it, he said in a statement Thursday afternoon. Using that policy, Disney made the right call in the interest of public health and agreed to shut down their California parks. Expect more announcements like this shortly, end of quote. Well, more announcements came. Shortly thereafter, it was announced that Walt Disney World, Disneyland Paris, and the Disney Cruise Lines would temporarily be shut down, thus closing all Disney resorts worldwide. The expectation, though, at that time, is it would probably be only for a few weeks, and then it would reopen. In an operations update, it stated 
that the Walt Disney Company would pay its cast members during that closure period and that domestic Walt Disney Company employees who were able to work from home were going to be asked to do so. They would stay in close contact with appropriate officials and health experts until a time would come in which they would reopen. Unfortunately, however, very little happened in, in terms of announcements over the next couple of months. What was seemed to be only a few weeks of closing ended up being month after month after month until finally on Wednesday, June 10th, Disney proposed plans for a phased reopening of the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California, pending state and local government approvals. It had already made announcements to reopening Walt Disney World out in Florida at about the same time. Here it aimed to reopen the downtown Disney district on July 9th, Disneyland Park and Disney Grand California Adventure on July 17th, the date of Disneyland's 65th anniversary, and the Grand California Hotel and Spa, as well as Paradise Pier Hotel, with a target date to reopen on July 23rd. Well, with that announcement on June 10th came a follow-up from union leaders on June 17th, when those leaders representing about 17,000 Disneyland employees sent a letter to Governor Gavin Newsom arguing that the state's rising number of COVID cases made it too unsafe to be reopening the resort. They stated in a petition, quote, the Disneyland Resort put out a statement on June 10th, 2020 to reopen the parks on July 17th, 2020. As you know, COVID-19 cases are rising have not dropped. Many people have lost loved ones due to this pandemic, and by reopening the parks, they are endangering cast members and guests to be exposed to COVID-19. There are more cases now than when the parks closed on March 13th of 2020. Health officials have stated that the second wave of COVID-19 would be worse. We So reopening before the second wave even hits us is irresponsible and greedy. Uh, I understand everyone is rejoicing for the reopening of parks, but not during a pandemic where people are dying. That word in all caps. Now is not the time. End of quote. Well, it wasn't too long afterwards that Disneyland sent out a new announcement. We previously announced a proposed phased reopening of our theme parks on July 17th, pending government approvals. We developed enhanced health and safety protocols for both cast and guests at Shanghai Disney, Hong Kong Disneyland Resort, and Walt Disney World Resort that have been approved, allowing us to reopen in a responsible manner and bring back our cast members. The state of California has now indicated that it will not issue theme park reopening guidelines until sometime after July 4th, given the time required for us to bring thousands of cast members back to work and restart our business, we have no choice but to delay the reopening. They go on to say the one thing they will do is reopen downtown Disneyland. And, uh, and so two weeks after Disneyland um, announced a proposed reopening of July 17th on its 65th anniversary, it reversed course and postponed its reopening indefinitely. Disneyland has been closed to the public ever since. Meanwhile, as Downtown Disney reopened on July 9th, 
crowds gathered at downtown Disneyland where the same safety measures were put into place that are in effect at Walt Disney World, where all four parks reopened at approximately that same time. And July 17th, well, that 65th anniversary came and went with little note. Then in August, Josh Diamaro did an interview and told Roger Dow, CEO of the U.S. Travel Association Trade Group, quote, as soon as a date and those guidelines are set, I can tell you we're ready, end of quote. Well, that's interesting because on August 28th, SeaWorld and San Diego Zoo reopened to guests, being determined by the state of California that they are in a different category than theme parks. So you can see that by now, things are moving in a weird place. There seems to be this, this situation where neither side really knows what the other is doing. They're not getting the guidelines from the state. The state doesn't seem to be wanting to pay attention. And yet the state allows other major hospitality attractions, tourist attractions like SeaWorld and San Diego Zoo to reopen. It was a confusing time. And, uh, and on September 22nd, Disney hosted a press, events, press event showcasing how ready they were to reopen the parks. While addressing California state government, Josh DiMaro stated, quote, I encourage you to treat theme parks like you do to other sectors and that Disney needs guidelines that are fair and equitable. The Amaro warned that the longer Disney waited to reopen, the more devastating the economic impact will be on Anaheim and Orange County. The response from the state? Well, we're working on it. Although really what they were struggling to do at that time was putting out fires, literally fires throughout the entire state of California. What happened during this period? It's hard to say. I don't think this was the period of problems. I think the period where there was a problem were those quiet months back in April and May when there was no conversation, when there was no planning and no statement that said, this is what you have to do, Disney, to reopen. That guidance went to every other sector in the economy. It did not go to theme parks. And for whatever reason, maybe Disney was patient during that time, whatever, however they approached it, the long and short was that, hey, uh, nothing came out of this time period when really guidelines could have been issued. And so about a week later, after that press event, trying to, trying to nudge the governor into doing something, the Walt Disney Company issues a statement stating that it is terminating 28,000 jobs. Those jobs, approximately 28,000 employees will be affected, of which about 67% are part-time. We're talking to the unions right now. Um, we have made the difficult decision to begin the process of reducing our workforce and why? Because in light of the prolonged impact of COVID-19 on our business, including limited capacity to physical distancing requirements and the continued uncertainty regarding the duration of the pandemic exacerbated in California by the state's unwillingness to lift 
restrictions that would allow Disneyland to reopen, we have made this very difficult decision. It was only a day or two later that on October 1st, Disney confirmed that company chairman Bob Iger quit Governor Gavin Newsom's Economic Recovery Task Force. This Disney spokesman would not say why or precisely when Iger had left the task force. Also, at the same time, Newsom is coming out and basically saying, look, we're not going to reopen a theme park until things are safe. It, theme parks aren't that necessary. It isn't that vital. We don't have to be open until it's absolutely safe, for which the chief medical officer, Dr. Pamela Heimel, comes out and says, we absolutely reject the suggestion that reopening the Disneyland Resort is incompatible with a health-first approach. The fact is that since March, we have taken a robust science-based approach to responsibly reopening our parks and resorts across the globe. Our health and safety protocols were developed in consultation with epidemiologists and data scientists and after considering guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and experts in local government and health agencies. All of our other theme parks, both in the United States and around the world, have been allowed to open on the strength of our proven ability to operate with responsible health and safety protocols. Still, Disneyland is stalled out, despite a fiery response from Dr. Heimel. Well, what happens next? Without telling anyone, the state of California went on its own stealth expedition to see what the parks looked like in Florida. In a conference this Tuesday, the Orange County Register shared their comments. Quote, we look forward to compiling the information from those visits, having ongoing dialogue, so we land with the guidance that really does make sense, Galley said during the news conference. I haven't gotten the report back on what their findings and experience was, but the reason why we sent people is to really understand in action how a park operates, how the community around it functions with the park open in a time where we're facing COVID transmission and really how it plays out, not just within the park, but beyond, end of quote. So here's, here's what's to understand here. The state of California flies out to Walt Disney World to see what's going on and what this thing looks like. Makes no conversation with the theme parks that they are going to do this. And then looks not just at the theme parks, but everything around it. So in truth, Disney is not being judged based on Disney, but based on landing at MCO, the Walmart nearest to the parks, and probably the Uber driver that took them to all those places. And yet, all those services out in California are currently open in California. It's the Disney parks that aren't open out there. Well, on a news conference on October 13th of this week, the Orange County Register shared a statement from the state of California. Quote, I know a number of people are continuing to wonder when that guidance is coming out. And I like to say, quote, it will come out when we're ready, California Health and Human Services Secretary Mark Galley said, quote, we're working closely with our industry partners, making sure 
that we take all feedback, use our own information from visits to operating parks in other states, and then some visits here in parts of California to understand how those plans will come together. End of quote. This is just unbelievable. What? Why is it that we're in October and they're now doing this? Why couldn't this have been done back in July when Walt Disney World opened? It just is unbelievable. And to say that we're working closely with industry partners when the industry is saying, you're not working with us, is truly, truly frustrating. And for that matter, Chapek then throws a flag on the play. On October 13th, Bob Chapek speaks out on CNBC. He says, quote, I look across our Disney properties, be it Shanghai, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Paris, Walt Disney World, the Disney bubble for the NBA, and all I see is that we've been able to open up responsibly using the guidelines that healthcare experts have given us, Chapek told CNBC. Quote, as a result, we've been very, very successful at reopening without having issues that would preclude us from staying open. We're limited by the six-foot social distancing guideline of the CDC, and that translates essentially to a 25% park capacity, Chapek told CNBC. Every day, that's about where we're at, 25%, and that won't change until the CDC guidelines change. In essence, Disney is holding everything still at this moment in terms of capacity. And Disneyland, it's still trying to figure out whether to open. Well, that's all just this week. Now, in a total twist of events, from nowhere came this football. Senator Elizabeth Warren, on Monday, August 13th, penned a letter to the Walt Disney Company CEO Bob Chapek and Chairman Bob Iger concerning the recent theme park layoffs the company made, which officials largely blamed on California for not allowing Disneyland to reopen. In her letter, the Massachusetts Democrat cited news stories about Disney executives having their pay restored to full just before the layoffs were announced. Due to the pandemic, Disney said in late March that there would be pay reductions among its top tier of its brass, which included Chapek and Iger. One should note that only January this year, Siebel Newsom, who's the first partner, she likes to be referred to as the first partner as opposed to the first lady, first partner to Governor Gavin Newsom, endorsed Senator Elizabeth Warren in the primaries. She said, quote, now more than ever, women need a champion in the White House, someone who will stand up for fighting working moms, fight for our seats at the tables of power, protect our health care and reproductive choice, and lift up the underappreciated and often invisible contributions that women make daily to society, Siebel Newsom said in a statement. There is no person better equipped to fight for us than Elizabeth. Senator Warren, at that same time, would return the favor by noting, ah, Jennifer's efforts to break the mold and reshape the first partner's office to advocate for equal pay and women's representation will empower women and girls, not just in California, but around the country and the world. Warren said in a statement. Now, I only read this, not because I disagree with it, but I find this completely ironic that these two individuals in a love fest supporting each other back in January, and all of a sudden, Elizabeth Warren, whose state is the furthest away from Disneyland out in California, 
seems to have a concern about the park's reopenings and about the salaries. Well, to be honest, somebody ought to have a concern about executive salaries. I have mentioned that on this podcast, but it's all muddied in her letters. And I'm going to try to include the letters in the in the text. And by the way, see the show notes page for all of this and, and the statements that Disneyland has made. Um, it is, it, and, and this is another podcast that I will put out in the next few weeks dealing with this issue of executive pay. Disney is on the wrong side of history by paying exorbitant amounts of salary and benefits and golden parachutes and everything else to its executives. And the executive team that could use a little bit more diversity, by the way. Um, So there is a lot in Senator Warren's letter, but it's all over the place. And Disney responded with the following, which was not at all helpful, but this is what they said, quote, Senator Warren's misinformed letter contains a number of inaccuracies which I'm just going to step away here and say, that's actually kind of true. Even though she has a lot of footnotes in it, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. But anyway, they go on to say this. We've unequivocally demonstrated our ability to operate responsibly with strict health and safety protocols in place at all of our theme parks worldwide, with the exception of Disneyland Resort in California, where the state has prevented us from reopening, even though we have reached agreements with unions representing the majority of our cast members that would get them back to work. Nothing about the executive pay in their statement that I could find. Um, It is all about the COVID thing, which really was not the thrust of what Elizabeth Warren was trying to talk about in the letter. So, they have completely sidetracked the object, the conversation, kind of similar to what um, you find the candidates doing in the debates. And um, all the meanwhile, while this letter is going on, guess who pays a visit to Disneyland? The California state officials come on down to the Disneyland Resort in Universal Studios, Hollywood, this week, as the governor is still mulling issue, issuing guidelines to allow the major theme parks to reopen. Universal talked a little bit about it. Disneyland really didn't say anything about their visit. It's just now they come down to Disneyland to take a look at it. Meanwhile, remember that um, Disney has said, we have reached agreements with unions representing the majority of our cast members. Remember, that was, that was the thing that really kept Disney. I don't think it was as so much the state as it was union workers really protesting going back to work at Disneyland. And so, well, interestingly enough, um, Disneyland announced today that it has reached agreements with 11 of the 15 union labor, labor unions representing its employees on how they can return to work safely amid the pandemic. But the park still doesn't know when it's going to be allowed to reopen. Um, so 12, 13, 14, 15, where are those unions? Um, Mind you, when Walt Disney World opened, the entertainment union had not made an agreement. It is possible to reopen without every union having made an agreement. But remember, these were the things that stood in line, uh, stood against Disney in reopening. And they've got to get these union agreements in play before they can really address reopening 
and, and getting the state's support. At the same time, Orange County Register reports that the Disneyland Resort has now lost an estimated $2.2 billion in revenue during the 216-day closure of Disney's Anaheim theme parks. This is according to Moffat Nathanson, a financial analyst. And uh, the Disneyland Resort has generated an estimated $3.8 billion last year. Um, according to Nathanson, that works out to approximately 10.4 million in daily revenue generated by the Disneyland Resort. So you can see every day, every day, they're missing millions of dollars in revenue um, by not being reopened. Well, the news keeps coming, and this has been a busy week for news. A Facebook page has stated that this Saturday, October 17th, at 11 a.m., there will be a gathering at the promenade or park gates. It states, quote, to stand in unity with the magic makers and all those who believe in the magic for the reopening of Disneyland, we will be standing for all 28,000 cast members who were laid off and with more to come if the gates stay closed. Standing for the community and businesses that have been affected. Standing for all the guests from around the world who need joy and inspiration that comes from the magic makers. We still believe in what Walt Disney said when Disneyland first opened in 1955. Quote, to all that come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America, with hope that it will be a source for joy and inspiration to all the world. End of quote from Walt. We hope to see Disneyland reopen. We hope that the magic makers feel love and support and know that they are not alone during this time. We hope to bring awareness of the lives that are impacted because Disneyland is forced to remain closed. End of quote. So, if you're out in California, you have nothing to do at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Come join the gang at the gates of Disneyland. That idea that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world, Disneyland has lived up to that ideal for so many years. And now it's having to redefine that opportunity in this moment of time. Whether you think that Disneyland is being held hostage or whether you think that the state really does need to think uh, more carefully about opening its theme parks, Disneyland is at the center of this challenge. And there is certainly more to come. In fact, I will tell you by the time I end this podcast, recording it this Thursday evening, I am going to do another search for news and I have a feeling I will probably find something else. Definitely something by next week. So, hey, stay with Disney at Play and Disney at Work where we bring you this news, we bring you updates, we let you know what is going on and and we bring you the fun stuff. I would love to just share the great and fun things that are part of Disneyland. We, we shared some of those things the other day as we talked about Halloween 
at Disney. Uh, we have some more Halloween uh, podcasts for you and so much more. So please stay with us, subscribe, share with others, leave a positive note where possible, and remember that no matter where your journey is in this unpredictable time, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.